0: Hi everyone, I just finished watching the new Dr. Strange movie the other day, Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness, and I'm just like itching to give a reflection on this particular movie, so as per usual, a major spoiler alert. So one of the things you'll notice throughout the Hob when it comes to this particular film is that it starts really, really quickly, right? And so we find the main character, Doctor Stephen Strange, who of course is this wizard in the context of Marvel Comics, and basically he finds himself protecting this young girl, America Chavez, who has this really unique ability of transporting between different universes, collectively known as the multiverse. And in order to protect this young girl, Doctor Strange enlists the help of Wanda Maximoff, otherwise known as the Scarlet Witch, before realizing that she's the one who's actually pursuing America Chavez. So in terms of the Scarlet Witch's backstory, it's actually pretty tragic. And so her husband, Vision, was tragically killed in the context of Avengers Infinity War. And in the aftermath of her grief, she basically used her power to manipulate reality to basically create two children out of thin air, Billy and Tommy, who were basically lost to her in the events of WandaVision, which you can see on Disney+. And so given all that, the basic goal in the mind of Wanda Maximoff is that she will basically use America Chavez, use her power, to transport to an alternate universe where she can basically be with her kids, Billy and Tommy, and be happy, therefore, for the rest of her life. And so fixated is Wanda on this particular outcome that even when Doctor Strange warns her that by doing so, she'll basically kill the girl and risk of disrupting the space-time continuum, Wanda is undeterred. Now, the film, quite honestly, is is so complex. There's all sorts of things that we could talk about. But for our purposes today, I just want to focus simply on the concept of the multiverse. Now, just to be kind of clear right off the bat, from a Christian perspective, we don't really believe in the multiverse, right? So we don't believe in the existence of alternate realities kind of coexisting at the same time. At the same time, I think we all have to acknowledge that the great appeal when it comes to this concept of the multiverse is that it taps into this fantasy that we all have in terms of speculating, you know, what if? You know, what if there was a world that was different than ours, which involved no suffering, no death, no massive injustice, as of course we see every day of our lives? But obviously this kind of begs the question, what's the Christian response to all this? Well, to quote St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord, which is basically to say this, We believe as Christians that God is so great, that God is so powerful, that if He permits any sort of evil to exist in this world, any manner of suffering and death, it is truly to bring about a greater good. So again, all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord. You see, that said, the question still remains, do we actually believe this? And more to the point, perhaps more accurately, do we actually trust this? You know, Bishop Robert Barron has a few interesting ways to kind of articulate the same point. So first of all, he uses the analogy of a medieval tapestry. And so basically the whole idea here is that when you look at a medieval tapestry, on one side there's knots and strings, right? So it doesn't look like anything. But on the other side, you see this beautiful picture. And the whole point, again, in the words of Bishop Robert Barron, is that when it comes to the side of reality, all we see in a certain sense are the knots and strings. And so therefore, again, we're called to trust, to trust and believe that when we get to heaven, we will see how everything was actually perfect in the context of God's providential designs. And so therefore, in the meantime, again, in the words of Bishop Robert Barron, we're called to persevere in a spirit of Christian hope, as opposed to simply being optimistic. And so just to kind of distinguish between these two basic concepts, if you are simply optimistic in the earthly or worldly sense, what you believe at the end of the day is that with time, with effort, through sheer human ingenuity, we can bring about a perfect and idealized world. That's basically the essence of optimism in the earthly or worldly sense. Now, on the face of it, this notion of optimism, as we've just defined it, might not seem to be all that bad. The problem, though, with optimism is that it lends itself to a sense of moral compromise. And we see this all the time, right? If we truly believe that it's possible to create an idealized and perfect world in the context of the here and now, then we will make any sort of, again, moral compromise to make it happen. And you see, that's where the notion of optimism is very different than the notion of Christian hope because at the root of Christian hope is essentially a conviction, a belief that the only way to reach and achieve this transfigured reality where every tear is wiped away and all things are made new is to walk through the narrow gate of one's suffering and death, which is basically tapping into the Pascha mystery. This notion that the only way to participate truly in Christ's resurrection and glorification is again to walk through the narrow gates of his own suffering and death. And funny enough, this distinction between optimism and Christian hope plays out in the context of Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And so in the case of the Scarlet Witch, what do we find? We find unbridled optimism, and therefore a massive moral compromise. And so she's willing to kill, destroy, enslave, and commit any sort of evil in service of the greater good in her mind, which is basically for her to be with her kids for the rest of her life. Whereas in contrast, take a look at Doctor Strange, right? And so a temptation which is posed to Doctor Strange early on, by the Scarlet Witch no less, is for him to kind of go to an alternate reality where he can be with his long lost love, Christine, for the rest of his life. But you see, in contrast to Wanda Maximoff, Dr. Strange realizes that he can't run away from his sadness, he can't run away from his grief, he can't run away from his tragic circumstances. But instead, in his particular circumstance, he needs to let Christine go, because that's the best thing for him, that's the best thing for her, and more to the point, that's the best thing for the world. And funny enough, the same sort of heroic stance is precisely what you find up and down the gospel, right? And so think, for example, of St. Joseph. And so he finds out his wife Mary is pregnant and not by him, and so therefore he's tempted to send Mary away quietly. But then God sends an angel to him, and so the angel speaks to him in his dream and says, you know, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You shall name him Jesus, and he will save people from their sins. And so the idea that's being conveyed here is, even though you think this is the worst thing to happen to you, it's not. Right. It's actually the best thing to happen to you. And you must persevere in the stance again of suffering and death, dying to yourself, dying to your old preconceived plans, not just for your sake, but for the salvation of the world. Jesus will save people from their sins, but you need to accept this moment, even though for you right now it's painful and unexpected. And of course, you find a similar thing when it comes to Christ himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? So he's praying to his father over and over again on the cusp of the crucifixion. Father, if it is possible, let this cup, the cup of my suffering, pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done, right? And if you read between the lines, what the father says to Jesus in response is not simply, this is one way to bring about salvation, but rather, son, this is the only way. I wish it was a different way, but this is the only way to bring about the salvation and redemption of the world. And I guess for our purposes today, I want to end this reflection by really driving this point home. Again, this notion that the only way to enter into our own salvation and redemption in Christ is in fact a walk through the narrow gates of his suffering and death. In other words, this isn't just one way to bring about the salvation of the world, but in fact, it is the only way. And as it turns out, this particular concept actually comes up early on in the film, albeit in a somewhat humorous sort of way. And so basically early on in Act 1, Dr. Strange is at a wedding and he's talking to a medical colleague who laments the fact that in Dr. Strange's efforts to save the world along with other Marvel superheroes in the comics of Avengers Endgame, um, basically this guy's cats died as well as his brother. Which leads him to ask Dr. Strange's question, um, the way that you did it, was it the only way to save the world? And in response, Doctor Strange, he kind of hesitates before saying, "Yes, you know that that was the only way." But you know, I guess the thing I want to impress upon you is that you know, in the context of this reality, you know, given the reality of God's providential designs, whenever that question is posed to you, whether in your own mind or through another person, like, "Is this the only way?" Like, "Is this the only way to bring about our salvation in Christ?" You don't want to hesitate, but instead, you can give a firm and unflinching yes. This is not simply one way to bring about our salvation in Christ, this is in fact the only way. Again, the narrow gate of one's suffering and death, right? And basically, it's to say this, right? At the end of our lives, when we kind of look back on our lives and how everything kind of fit in the context of God's providence, when we see the other side of the tapestry, if you will, we will realize that everything we went through was was perfectly aligned with God's providential designs. And so every painful thing that we went through, it wasn't just one way to get to this point of salvation. It was the only way, and it was the best way. It was the perfect way, right? It might not feel like that at the time, right? But the reality is still true. Whatever you go through is in accordance with God's providential designs, because truly, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord. And may God bless you all.